Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. Internet problems aside, we are live this morning. Glad that you guys are with me. The indicator has been going on and off for like the last 10 minutes. So I just went ahead and hit live anyway. Hoping for the best. Cannot wait until I can switch internet providers. They are digging the holes right now. So hopefully that changes. But in the meantime, welcome in. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me on this Friday. It's kind of Buggy and gross outside right now. Hopefully the weekend gets a little better than the way it looks at the moment. But today, talking a couple of football things. First of all, uh, we are, I hope this brightens up your day. This should make your day better if it didn't. I said this on the radio show yesterday. Uh, we are 50 days, 5-0, 50 days away from the start of college football season. That should make your Friday a good one. If nothing else, if you're having a bad morning, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, didn't sleep very well, uh, had one of your neighbor's security lights flashing into your bedroom at 3.30 in the morning. That sounds oddly specific, right? Yeah, because that happened to me last night. If you were, <laughs> if you are one of those people that needed a pick-me-up, hopefully that did it. 50 days away from the start of college football season, Inside of four weeks until the start of the NFL preseason. It is preseason, but we are inside of four weeks away from the first NFL preseason game. Four weeks from yesterday, Cowboys and Steelers in the Hall of Fame game. 57 days until Mississippi State and Southern Miss get their start. 59 until Ole Miss and Louisville get their start. So if you needed a pick-me-up today, if you needed something to feel better about, uh, maybe that'll do it. Maybe uh, maybe that will do it for you on this Friday. But again, glad you guys are with me. And real quick, before we get into those things, I do want to remind you that you can find this basically anywhere. When the internet's working, you can find this basically anywhere, which uh, not looking good right now. But when it's working... Uh, YouTube, my YouTube channel, just search my name, Michael Borky, on YouTube and hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And also, while you're here on YouTube, like the video that you're watching. So don't just subscribe while I appreciate that. Uh, Like the video as well. That would help me out a lot. Also, my Facebook page, you can find it there. Twitter, if you don't follow me on Twitter already, wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning or Michael Borky should do the trick literally everywhere except for Twitch. Um, I don't, uh, I don't stream video games, although maybe I should build up a following on Twitch and start making money there. So all the places you can watch and listen, YouTube though, almost at a hundred. Uh, so when you subscribe, ring the notification bell. And also again, like, if you like what you're seeing here, like the video, that would help me, help me a lot. So 50 days until college football season, 57 until, um, Mississippi state. So I miss get started. That opening weekend's not terrible, by the way. Week zero, that's the real, you know, that's the start of college football season is August 28th. 
you got five games that day, three just throwaways that you shouldn't and don't care about at all, but two semi-interesting games. Nebraska is at Illinois. Brett Bielema, by the way, the coach of Illinois. Uh, Nebraska and Scott Frost's uh, win or go somewhere else season, possibly, for Scott Frost in Nebraska. I mean, he's kind of on the hot seat right now. And uh, again, I see my internet is acting up. There's nothing I can do about it. It's really just waiting until the provider is ready and I can switch to fiber, which will be a great day. But today is not that day, so forgive me. But uh, Scott Frost in Nebraska at Illinois, that's something, right? That's worth watching. It's a noon game as well. So you can wake up, have your coffee, take the kids to the park, get home, and football, decent enough football, is on your television. And then the nightcap that night, I'll say the nightcap, it's not it's just coming on right after, is Hawaii at UCLA. And that game is especially interesting because we get the first look at LSU season opening opponent. So uh, I don't know if it provides an advantage or not. Um, for UCLA. Because on one hand, you know, they have to play a game which is more physical and taxing and all that stuff. It's one week fewer to prepare for LSU the next week and injuries and stuff like that can occur. But also, they get kind of a tune-up. At least you would hope it's kind of a uh, a tune-up with Playing Hawaii, a team that you should be better than, getting everything underneath you before LSU comes to town. LSU doesn't get that opportunity. I think I think this gives an advantage to UCLA playing in the opening week before LSU comes to town, but, but that's just me. I think so. But there you go. We're 50 days away from, uh, from those two games. And then uh, this one actually should be interesting, the Wednesday after that, so leading into the real first week of college football season. Uh, UAB and Jacksonville State are playing a neutral site game in Montgomery on Wednesday night. That should be something. And then we're off and running. We are off and running. How exciting is uh, is that? Morning, Wayne. Good to see you. Glad that you are with me. Um, JP says, morning, Bork. I think you know me well enough by now. I like to give credit where it's due. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So that in mind, the interview of the summer yesterday afternoon with Ben Green of Southern Prohibition. I've been drinking their stuff for years. Heard they've recently added more hops to the recipe. He's not going to be able. Okay, well, that, that's the first two. But, yeah, he was great. I, I love that conversation um, because we don't have a lot of breweries in, in Mississippi. I mean, I live in the Jackson area. Obviously, we don't have one. I mean, there are neighborhoods in Charlotte. Na- neighborhoods in Charlotte, like my sister lives in Charlotte, and there was a neighborhood uh, next to hers that had a line of breweries, more of them than the entire state of Mississippi, in one neighborhood in the city of Charlotte. Uh, we are way, 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 way behind uh, other states in terms of local breweries, um, people making beer in this state. And that's in part because we had archaic laws you know, shocker. We had archaic laws in the state up until a few years ago that said if you were brewing a beer in the state of Mississippi, you couldn't sell it on site. I mean, what kind of genius came up with that idea? I mean, how how stupid uh, that is. But it, it wasn't until a few years ago that they could sell their own product that they make on their site. So that's why we're behind. 
in other places, they have become like a hangout spot. You know, it's not just a business. It's a place to go hang out. I, I've been to one myself uh, in Charlotte, uh, visiting my sister years and years ago. That was like a family atmosphere. Like they had a playground. They had a dog park. Um, they had movie nights where they would play Disney movies. Like it, it was a it was a huge, huge place where, yes, they did make alcohol, but it was like a family thing with a restaurant and all that. Um because they didn't have any archaic laws like stopping them from doing something like that. Well, we've got that here. And uh, hopefully now that at least that law is out of the way, we can do a little bit better. But what we do have is uh, we don't have a lot of quantity, but the quality is here in, in Southern Prohibition. Uh, that was great yesterday. Um, we've got some good ones here. There's just not a whole lot of them here. And that's a uh, that's a big problem. It's a big, big, big problem. So. Anyway, Louisiana Tech added a transfer yesterday. Mississippi State season opening opponent. This is, I think, interesting. I don't know if this actually changes the way you should think about that season opening game between Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State. The line is not going to be very big to begin with. Uh, I've seen some places where it's really just a couple touchdowns, 17 or so in a couple of places. Um I asked a question yesterday. I'd like to hear from you guys as well. If this changes anything about what you think uh, the challenges for Mississippi State in week one. So Austin Kendall is a name that if you are are deep into recruiting, you may remember. Uh, But if not, I'll tell you who he is. Uh, He's a West Virginia transfer, but he didn't start his college career at West Virginia. Uh, Louisiana Tech is his third stop, actually as a college quarterback. Austin Kendall used to be, or I guess he was, not used to be, he still is, the number four overall quarterback in the class of 2016. He signed with Oklahoma out of high school and had to sit behind a couple of guys that you may recognize, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. So because he wasn't cracking the rotation, he went to West Virginia. Got nine starts at West Virginia, was okay in those nine starts, but has decided uh, that he, I assume, is not going to be the quarterback this year in Morgantown and has found a home at Louisiana Tech. Uh, the numbers don't jump off the page at you, but he will likely be the starter. And it is the most important position on the field, as you guys know. Um, and they have seemingly upgraded talent-wise. And the most p- important position on the field did Louisiana Tech. I don't think it changes anything, but it does make that game at least a little bit more intriguing, right? Um, A little bit more intriguing because Austin Kendall is just from raw talent going to be, I mean, the most talented, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the FCS. And so it's a stable, good program regardless. I mean, Louisiana Tech is going to, be a team that Mississippi State should beat and should beat handedly, but they might have to work for it. It's a solid, stable, steady program. And now you add in a guy with Power 5 experience with the talent that he has, at least makes Zach Arnett think a little bit more in terms of preparation for this game and stuff like that, right? At least I think so. At least I think so. Uh Back to the comments, JP said, uh, I'm glad the SIP was responsive to the return of hockey chatter yesterday. I don't have many championships on the mantle as a fan, just three, the Braves in 95 and the Seawolves in 98 and 99, and of course the Saints in uh, 
2009. Would love to get one of my squads back in contention. I was shocked, actually, at the reception we got yesterday from the hockey talk. It lasted like three segments because um, when Richard's out, I really like to engage with the the text line. And my philosophy is, essentially, uh, it's two-part. One, I want to talk about what you guys are, are talking about. The whole point of a show, um, you, know, you know, some people approach it different ways, and none of them are wrong. I mean, there are some people that approach radio shows talk like doing a hard-hitting analysis and X's and O's. And there's obviously a market for that, and I like that myself. Uh, but one, I can't do it. I didn't play at the highest level. I'm not a coach, so me breaking down X's and O's would be kind of stupid. Um, but that's not necessarily entertaining. And, and I think the best shows are the ones that are having the conversations that their listeners are having. The I've talked to you guys about this before. I think it's the concept of when you meet a friend for a beer tonight, what do you talk about? That's what I want to talk about on the show today. And you can't do a whole three hours on that. Like the Louisiana Tech quarterback thing is not something that, you know, I would have, I would talk about over a beer with a buddy. So it's not exclusively that, but that should kind of be where your focus is. Not on hard hitting analysis or X's and O's, but loose conversational entertainment, talking about the games, breaking the games down, but. When you start bringing in numbers and stuff like that in an audio medium, it's hard you know, for people to really follow along. I think it's more of a relaxing entertainment platform than it is a hard-hitting analysis. That's what The Athletic is for, and they do a great job of it. But also, if you guys are going to take time out of your day to be participate in the conversation, why would I not bring you into it? If you're listening and you care enough to actually engage, why would I not bring you into it? So... I try to read every message. Yesterday, I couldn't, and I'm shocked by that. It's it's July. People are on vacation. You know, we're, we're 50 days away from football season, and that'll really fly by. But for now, there's no real football information to talk about. Uh, numbers are supposed to, to go down this time of year. Fewer of you around, fewer sports to talk about, less of you. We throw the hockey story out there yesterday. Just throw it out there. And hundreds of text messages into the show yesterday. And the vast majority of them were in support of, yeah, I'd watch it. Some of you were like, I'd watch it, but they got to sell beer. But yeah, I'd go, that kind of thing. But we spent 45 minutes talking about the prospect of bringing hockey back to, to Mississippi yesterday. And the people loved it based on our engagement numbers. So yeah, JP, I'm with you. I, I I was shocked by it. I didn't think it was going to last very long. I thought it was going to be a short segment where we bring it up and just say, hey, you know, this is happening. Um, a group is trying to bring it back. Kind of a cool story. All right, let's move on. I thought that's how it was going to go, and uh, that's not how it went. The reception was crazy. The poll question uh, we put out there, or I put out there, um, let me read it to you. The poll question was, if a minor league hockey team returned to your area in Mississippi, would you support it? 55-45, yes to no. 55-45. So, you know, you guys were interested. You guys cared, uh, which I was um, I was shocked by. I was really shocked by. So that was pretty cool. 
All right, so there's your your one thing in football, by the way, is Louisiana Tech adding a transfer quarterback, a really talented one, may change the dynamic of the Mississippi State game. I don't think it should, but it might. Makes uh, makes Zach Arnett have to work a little bit harder, a little bit harder with this guy. Um, And now this. I saw some in Saints Twitter land yesterday referencing Mickey Loomis's quotes yesterday as if like a ha-ha told you so Taysom Hill has a shot here and Jameis isn't isn't the starter and all that stuff. And, you know, maybe I'm being obtuse, but nothing Mickey Loomis said yesterday, and I'll read it to you, the general manager of the Saints, nothing he said yesterday changes my mind at all about the quarterback position and how it's going to be approached this year. Nothing he said changed my mind at all. I'll tell you what he said. He was on a uh, a radio show uh, with Sirius uh, on Sirius XM, and he was asked about Jameis and Taysom specifically. Jameis going into this year, taking over for Drew Brees, and here's what Mickey Loomis said: He's going to be in competition with Taysom. So you know we're really excited and high on Taysom, just as we are Jameis, and it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Listen, Jameis has been fantastic, and you have these impressions of a guy afar that when you get them in your building, you really learn a lot about them. He did just fantastic as a teammate, fantastic representative of the organization. He's smart, a smart football player. He's hardworking, just everything you would want. So I'm excited to see how it shakes out. We've got a great room there with two guys, with those two guys, and Ian Book, who we drafted, and Trevor Simeon, who's on our team. I'm excited to see how it all shakes out because those guys are all about winning, and we'll see what happens. So, again, a lot of people are using that as like a I told you so kind of thing. And I don't know if anybody has ever actually suggested, other than, you know, just casual fans, but I've done this too. I assume that Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback. I expect him to be the the starting quarterback, but I also expect the Saints to give Taysom a shot. I truly believe that Sean Payton respects Taysom Hill enough to give him a chance to, to have an open competition, to let them go through these preseason games and prove which one is better. I fully expect that to be the case. I don't I don't know if anybody's actually suggesting that will not happen. Just because I think the outcome is already decided. I think everybody knows who it's going to be. Does not mean they're not going to allow Taysom Hill a chance to prove everybody that he should be the guy. Nothing that Mickey Loomis said there tells me that it's anything other than their respectfully going to give Taysom Hill a chance to win the job. But here, I mean, here's the thing. It's the same conversation over and over and over again. It's the same conversation, but for some reason, people are fighting back on this. One of these two guys has actually played quarterback in the NFL. One of these two guys has actually played good quarterback in his life. One of them is younger, more experienced, actually has played the position, and doesn't have value elsewhere on the field. This is so obvious, and I don't know why people are are, are not able to see through this. They're throwing a bone to Taysom Hill. That's what's happening. They can say whatever in the media, and I believe it. I think they're 
like I said, they're going to give both guys a chance. Taysom Hill is going to have a chance to prove that he's the starting quarterback. But the team knows, will know right away who's better. They already know because they've seen it in practice already. They already know. A fair shot will be given, but only one of them has played quarterback well at any point in his career. One of them has actually played quarterback in his professional career. And the the guy that's more experienced also happens to be younger. This is so simple. And I don't know why people are having such a hard time. You know, I guess it's just been so long since the team has had a quarterback competition. People don't see it. I mean, we, we've seen the same situation here. Brian, you're exactly right. You are I mean, exactly. What do people expect them to say? I think Jameis will start, but it will be a foolish for a coach or GM to make that statement right now. Yes, and especially because they respect Taysom Hill, as they should. I mean, he works hard. He's a good dude. They, I, I assume at some point they promised him an opportunity to win the job. He wants to be an NFL quarterback. That's, that's clear. I don't think he has the skill set to match that. He hadn't shown it. Those, it, and people say, well, he went three and one last year. Did you watch those three starts or those four starts? Excuse me. The team went three and one in spite of quarterback play and not because of quarterback play and that stretch. Uh, but Brian, you're exactly right. There's so much to that. It drives me nuts. It's a concept that, that we see often in sports. So there is a fake quote that's been floating around from De'Aaron King. And it's got everybody in Alabama land fired up, right? Because De'Aaron King, even though he didn't say this, uh, but the fake quote was, you know, how, you know, we're going to line up and beat Alabama and we expect to win this game and that kind of stuff. And everybody's like, oh, my God, what an idiot. Why would he say that? That's locker room material for Alabama. And what do you expect him to say? You know, hey, yeah, Alabama's really good. You know, I, I we're going to. Forget my language. We're gonna get our asses kicked here, guys. I mean, we got no shot. Have you you know who Nick Saban is? Like, we're not winning this game. Are you kidding? Like, that's what people want these kids to say. I swear, it's a fake quote. But what else should De'Aaron King say? Yeah, we're gonna lose. No, I hope in in the actual press conferences where he actually is asked questions about this leading into the game, he's confident. I want my quarterback to think he's winning every game he's playing. Do it diplomatically, of course. But, I mean, Alabama people did it with Bo Wallace. When Bo Wallace said he expected to to win the game, why would you not? And then after the game, it was, oh, what an idiot. CEO Alabama proved him wrong. No, Alabama was just better. Bo Wallace's quote did not have an impact on the game whatsoever. But people, like, people in my business do that all the time. Why would you give Alabama locker room material? That's, come on. Like that actually impacts anything? Come on. If De'Aaron King says, going into their game with Alabama, I expect to win this game, people are going to rip him for it. But what should he say? Do you want your quarterback to not be confident in himself and his team? I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Same thing here, Brian. What do you expect them to say? They're going to make Jameis earn it. I like that. And if, if he doesn't, Taysom will. 
You respect your guy that's been there longer. You add a little competition. Competition only breeds uh, more success, right? If you just handed Jameis the job and let him sleepwalk through the preseason, is he really going to be that prepared or as prepared for the regular season? I don't know. If you have the opportunity to make these guys work for it, why would you not? It's a no-brainer. At the end of the day, I think Jameis is going to be the starter. I hope that is the case because I was not confident at all, not inspired at all from what I saw from Taysom Hill. And I think his role is more valuable where he is anyway. Taking him away from what he currently does to play mediocre quarterback is worse for the team. I think his role is a perfect one for him and his skill set. But anyway, I I saw so much of I told you so when it comes to this. And I'm, what what are you guys talking about? You've got Saints players calling Jameis QB1. It's over. He's he's going to be the guy. But don't expect that to come from the coaches. Not yet. They've got preseason games that they can use, that they should use. And why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? So I'm with you, Brian. JB says, dude, I shared uh, yesterday's podcast with a dozen people I used to go to Seawolves games with. Pumped that it made three segments and it blended lead into wrestling chatter, which was fun too. Um, I actually, I got a number yesterday. I got a phone number. So uh, one of you sent me a a direct message. I love this stuff. So I got two contacts yesterday because we talked about hockey. The first one came from one of the organizers um, involved in this. And I'll be calling him shortly after we hang up to see if he'll come on today to talk about it. And also... I didn't know this. A listener told us that uh, Nat Harden, which is a name if you're a state fan you may recognize, uh, he played baseball at Mississippi State. He pitched there uh, the year I was born until 1995. So he was there from 92 to 95. He is now a, a an executive with the Nashville Predators. So I will be reaching out, um, hopefully getting in contact with somebody in Nashville to talk to him as well, because that would be an awesome conversation. How do you go from pitcher at Mississippi State to front office executive with a hockey team? How how What is that path, and how do you get there? I think that's awesome. So uh, hopefully we can have both of those conversations. Uh, this is not something we'd be doing in the fall, in the spirit of full disclosure. I mean... We can't do stuff like this in the fall, but it's July and, you know, Richard's not here, so I can do whatever the hell I want. And uh, those are interesting conversations that I want to have. And he would be down anyway. I'm I'm picking on it, but he would absolutely be receptive to to these as well. But um, that's fascinating. And and hopefully both of them uh, are uh, are receptive and uh, can talk to us about that because I did not realize that that many people uh, were going to be into it yesterday. And what it really comes down to, there's a uh, there's a NASCAR effect, I think, with uh, with hockey, especially people around here. You know, we don't grow up playing it in the South. Uh, well, I actually I, I did as a kid in uh, in South Carolina. We had a a facility that had youth hockey, and I, I played it for a few years when I was a kid. But generally in the South, you guys don't have the opportunity to play hockey. You don't grow up on it. You know, the closest team is Nashville, which is six hours from where I sit right now, six and a half hours or Dallas, which is like eight hours from where I sit right now. It's just not an area where it's a big deal. Um, 
So you don't grow up on it. You don't grow up watching it. But when you go, you realize the pace of it is incredible and the physicality of it is awesome. It's like NASCAR. I can't watch NASCAR on TV. But going to a race is awesome. I mean, it's just like a big tailgate party with cars going 200 miles an hour around a track right in front of your face. Like, it's incredible. Hockey has a similar effect on people. You know, you're not emotionally invested. You don't watch it on TV much. But if you have a chance to go and see it in person, it changes everything. So um, that was cool. That was cool yesterday. So we'll see if those people actually uh, respond to us because that would be a lot of fun. Um, that would be a lot of fun. What is not fun is my uh, my pick for the NBA Finals, by the way. I, I thought the Bucks were going to win in seven. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. I do find it funny how many people are um, are ripping on Drew Holiday for, for not being as productive offensively as people thought he would be. It, it's very clear that nobody watches the NBA. I mean, nobody that comments on the league actually watches the league because he's never been an, off, an elite offensive player. Could he be better than he has been in the first two games? Sure, but everybody's like, oh, well, the Bucks need 30 from Drew. He's not that guy. Yeah. On a night-in and night-out basis, I mean, he did it uh, in the Brooklyn series, but that's not him. He's a solid enough offensive player and the best defender on the floor. That's his value. As he's for four quarters the best defender on the floor. But now everybody today is like, "Oh, well, well, Drew's got to drop thirty if they're going." Well, you're going to be waiting a while for that. That's not typically what he's able to do, not on a consistent basis anyway. And on Get Up this morning, Kendrick Perkins apparently was talking about how Giannis is so dominant that it brings his team down. Yeah. Help me understand that one. So anyway, Phoenix is up 2 to nothing. They're going to win the, the NBA Finals, which is a great story for, for Chris Paul and Monty. Both were in New Orleans in years past. Uh, <laughs> if only they'd have been able to stick around. But organization was much different then than it is now. But um, it's a good story. Good guys. Devin Booker, you know, Moss Point, Mississippi, at least for three years of his life playing high school ball. So uh, I hate that my pick's going to be wrong, but I'm enjoying it anyway. It's been a lot of fun. So. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend, and thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the video also. That would help me a ton. Uh, but just subscribing is uh, is a big help. We're almost at 100, so uh, you know, working towards that goal of 300 by the start of football season. That would be great. But for now, y'all have a great weekend. Thank you for uh, for tuning in and being a part. The, uh, the second to last Sunday show, the penultimate Sunday show, will be this Sunday. And uh, in the meantime, y'all have fun. See you on the radio this afternoon, hopefully. And uh, I'll talk to you guys again on Monday morning right here on the stream. Y'all have a good weekend. Talk Mississippi Media Production.